This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. A sidecar proxy is an application design pattern which abstracts certain networking features such as inter-service communications, monitoring, security, timeouts, retries, circuit breaking, communication protocols such as HTTP, gRPC, all that stuff away from the main architecture of the application. This is to make the maintenance of the app easier and basically to make microservices work. In this video, I want to talk about the following. I want to discuss the sidecar pattern, but in order to do that, these are the stuff that we need to go through in order to explain why does it exist because if you know me if you know this channel anything that exists in software engineering there is a reason for it to exist we don't invent anything in software engineering for the sake of inventing things it's just not for fun or cool because there is a reason there is a problem i'm trying to solve it let's get into it so the first thing we're going to discuss is the library pattern most of you guys know this. You have a C-sharp application and you have, you add a library, a DLL file or DLL library and then you start consuming functions, right, inside this library calling methods, right? At Java and Java, you add packages and in Python, you add what do you call modules. You import modules and Node.js, you import packages, different things, right? But it's, they all fit within the library pattern. We're going to discuss that a little bit. And then we're going to discuss the sidecar pattern. I made a lot of videos about sidecar pattern, but this is more fits like a, with a, the, within the microservices architecture, right? We're going to talk about sidecar pattern. We're going to show some examples why this is actually exists, right? I'm going to talk about some examples, some software example of the sidecar pattern, Linkerd and all that stuff, right? And Finally, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of Sidecar Proxy because guess what? Nothing is perfect. All right, with that said, we're going to summarize the whole thing. If you're interested to see this stuff, stay tuned. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Hussein, and in this channel, we discuss all sorts of software engineering by example. So if you want to become a better software engineer, consider subscribing and hit that bell icon so you get notified every time I upload a new software engineering video. I specialize in the back end. Let's just jump into this video. So the library pattern. Library pattern is you have an application, you pick a language, let's say Java, right? And you basically add a library to your Java that obviously has to be Java as well, right? And then you start consuming methods, right? And we're going to talk about this library pattern within the context of this application, right? So this application, guys, this is a REST API application, right? So there is a server side that is, assume this is Instagram, uh, serving comments, right? So the server side is built on Node.js application. And obviously, since it's a REST API, has to be HTTP, since it's HTTP, has to be a web server. So there is a Node.js server library, 1.1 to be particular, and that is listening on a port and sitting on your application because you maintain the whole thing. You're responsible of the server and you're responsible for the code behind the server to consume, uh, to actually maybe hit the database, Postgres database, whatever, pull some rows and 
serialize them and do something with it, right? So that's the server side. And the client side is a Java, not JavaScript, as a Java application, right? So if it's a Java application, it just makes a request to get the comments, let's say, right? I'm going to go through an example. And obviously, to communicate with the REST API, the Java application requires what? An HTTP client, because guess what? An HTTP, it's a protocol. In order to talk to TV, you need to understand how to talk this protocol. So you need a Java HTTP client library that you import on your Java application so you can make this post request or get request. It doesn't come for free. Okay, and then you might say, Hussein, this is easy, right? And you make this request, right? You make, you send a get request and it says, hey, give me all the comments. This is HTTP 1.1 and... Yeah, you make the request and the server maybe does hits another service or maybe it hits another database and gets back the results and then send it back as a JSON. That's the protocol, that's the format you guys decided on. So it sends back the results. All perfectly working until you decided to add features. What kind of features? Hussein, I heard about this HTTP2 thing, right? I want I want to move to HTTP2. And by the way, when I make this get comments request, sometimes it just it just keeps waiting forever and I want to implement a timeout in my application, right? So this is a, a timeout. I need to fail after 60 seconds or 30 seconds or maybe one second, right? Because if it's taking more than one second, probably it's not going to come back. And because I implemented timeout, I need to implement retries. So I'm going to retry ever after all of that stuff. So you start building these features, circuit breaking, retries, timeouts, HTTP2, it's not easy to implement HTTP2 library, by the way. You start putting a Java code in your HTTP client library. So you start doing all these retries and all these timeouts. It's all code that you are responsible to, for writing. And obviously, the moment you start doing that, you got to do the same thing on the server, right? Then you start replicating the same code, but in Node.js, because your server, for some reason, is different than your client. Maintained by two different teams, right? That's a lot of work. And guess what? None of this work is actually your application. It's all networking stuff, right? So you implemented this HTTP2 library and you made it to this thick server and thick client. And it's now working, right? Make a get request, HTTP2 gets request. Now I'm uh, taking advantage of the multiplexing and all that jazz. By the way, guys, we talked about HTTP2. I'm going to reference the video here if you're interested to see that. And then you get back a results and that JSON and that works. But look at all the works. If there's one single bug here, you go and have to fix this library and you have to recompile your entire Java application despite fixing a stinking bug in your client library. This is your code. This is the, the meat and potato of the comments API, which you take that comment, maybe you translate it. And instead of focusing on features of the actual core application, you're wasting your time writing networking API. Okay. So that's, that's the core problem here. Wasting time building this stuff. And in the next time HTTP3 comes, you have to do this work all over again. Yes, a lot of work, a lot of work, duplicate work. So, plus, you're stuck with Java, right? So if another application wants to now 
like if another team wants to start consuming this application, right? They have to start with Java. Guess what? Because all the client library is in Java. You have to start working on Java. And you might not want to do that, right? Meet the sidecar proxy. So he said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take advantage of this idea of proxying and all these beautiful features that you have built, right? Split them into its own bubble of an application, okay? And Java or not, you don't care. Build it in Java, that's fine, right? And then listen to a specific port here. And then build all these functionality, the networking functionality on this proxy, right? This is your HTTP2 proxy with retries and everything. And your Java application now doesn't no longer import a DLL or, well, there are no DLLs in Java. <laughs> There's jar files, whatever you call them, right? Or C Sharp doesn't no longer import DLL files. Your Node.js doesn't import packages anymore. All you need to do is spin up this application that you the networking application the the server that you built on and and make it listen on your same local host where your application is running when you spin up this proxy server that you have built with the networking uh, features that you have built specify in your proxy settings and the application that every single layer 7 http request goes through this application which is maybe localhost 8080 or localhost 9000 right and the moment you do that any request that is titled destined to this server will first go through this that's how a proxy work right that's the how our forward proxy work any request will first go to this right and then magically your the proxy that you have built the sidecar proxy will make a request on your behalf it's going to use the HTTP2 protocol it's going to do retries if it does have to it's going to do the accurate timeouts it's going to do all these features for you you might say hussein what's the communication between this and this right this could be a just normal http 1.1 insecure you don't have no you don't need you don't even need to implement security between this and that and this guy and then once you make this request the other complete mirror of the same application you can put it this way right the same sidecar proxy spin it up on the other side but in as a reverse proxy right so this is one of the few cases where a proxy act also as a reverse proxy. I can't think of any other use case where a proxy acts also as a reverse proxy. A same application does two jobs. Never, I can never think of other proxy other than the service mesh uh, scenario and sidecar pattern. This is the only case where I can think of it, right? Very interesting, right? And if you're interested about reverse proxy and proxy, I'm going to reference the video that I made about proxies and reverse proxy. So obviously, you make a request to the reverse proxy. This guy talks to each other, and they specify, hey, I'm going to that, right, application, and it destines to this proxy. And that proxy, this reverse proxy, will obviously, because it's a reverse proxy, it's going to hide the identity of the server, right now this guy doesn't know the server right it actually knows the reverse proxy and then it makes a request on its behalf to the actual node.js server 
right? And this could be just a normal HTTP 1.1. Who cares, right? And then Node.js now responds back to the same reverse proxy, just as a, think of a reverse proxy as a client in this case. A request response. And once it gets the response, it will respond back to the JSON format. And here's the beautiful part, guys. If you decided to change the format from JSON to protocol buffer, just like that, you implement this feature here and here, and those applications have no idea that you have done that. And they should not care. You can implement protocol buffer between those puppies and get benefit of the compressed binary efficient size, right? And do that, right? Obviously, once you get a result, you send it back to the actual application. So this is the sidecar proxy aspects, guys, right? And usually these guys live in the same host, right? And if they are containers, they are two distinct containers that have the same local host. It's just magic, guys. It's just magic. If it's if it's two applications running in the local host, that's easy, right? This is let's assume this is your MacBook, and you have one application running on port uh, eighty eighty one, and this is a running in eighty eighty. That's totally fine. Docker containers they have something. This is called a I don't forget what's called networking, where two containers can have the same local host. So if they communicate with each other, they actually can. Uh, talk to each other as if they are the same thing okay which is pro pretty pretty powerful all right example of sidecar what are examples of sidecar uh proxies right service mesh proxies are a best example where microservices the moment microservices were born sidecar pattern blew up right and service mesh as a as a as a result became very popular. I think Linkerd was the first to, to come to market, right? Twitter started kind of an idea of a sidecar pattern, but they made, they used library called Finagle, right? So everything was a library that built, I think a Scala. I'm, I, might be, I might be wrong there. And they used all these libraries and they forced everybody in the, in the company to talk to write in Scala because that's the only library you can communicate for networking. Linkerd changed this, right? Linkerd is a, is a sidecar proxy. You can okay, spin it as a container where you can lose any language you want. I don't care. Make a request, make your proxy as a Linkerd container, and then psh, I will take care of the request. So there was always a Linkerd forward proxy and a Linkerd reverse proxy. Same thing with Istio. Same, I think Istio comes from Google and Voy comes from Lyft, I believe. Linkerd is a company from uh, Boyant. And uh, the founder of this, William Morgan, he, he used to work for Twitter. So he took the idea and made it into uh, this service mesh. The sidecar proxy container. If it's a proxy, which is an application, you can just spin it up as a container. And that's where you're going to hear this term, a sidecar container or a sidecar proxy. It's exactly the same thing, right? Sidecar proxy. It's an application that runs as a container, right? So if you said, if I say sidecar container, that means it is as, as if like this is like a sidecar sitting beside another actual application container and both of them have the same local host so they can communicate with each other. And here's another thing that we must really understand, guys, as a, as a software engineer. Sidecar containers 
or sidecar proxies must be layer seven proxies. What does that mean? That means they look at that final layer. And if the moment they look, that means they see your data. They have to. There is no escape from looking from your data because if they don't look, then how can they implement all these beautiful features for you? Security and retries and timeouts and service discovery. They cannot do any of that stuff if they cannot look at your request. See that? So, because we talked about this different type of layer four proxies and layer seven proxies, and we talked about the advantages and disadvantages in this channel, and when you want to use a layer seven proxy versus a layer four proxy or load balancer, right? This is very, very similar, right? Pros and cons of sidecar proxy. Is this thing perfect? Uh, no, but it has a lot of advantages, and I can find very few disadvantages. And if you can think of more, let me know. So the first thing is the pros, it's a language agnostic. It's a, called polyglot architecture, okay? Where you can pick any language you want, son. Java, C-sharp. Because the networking layer is now separated, all you need to do is just make a simple HTTP 1.1 request to the sidecar proxy. And the moment you make that, we will take care, the sidecar proxy will take care of upgrading that stuff. It's going to use HTTP2, maybe quick in the future. It's going to use protocol buffer. If you tweak it in a better way, maybe it's going to use gRPC. Who cares, right? You make a simple request. You still need a client library. Let's be honest, right, guys? It's not, it's not for free. But you're language agnostic. You can lose any language on the back end, any language on the front end. Even they are different, that's okay. And you don't have to worry about the networking aspect of it. Protocol propagate, we just we just talked about that, right? You can just make an HTTP 1.1 request, right? But that will be upgrade can be upgraded if you want to, right? In the actual wire, which is the where the cost is to HTTP 2, right? And take advantage of the multiplexing and all these very wonderful features. And maybe you can use gRPC, right? And then uh, and take care of about like multi streaming model and take care of about bidirectional functionalities. All that's beautiful stuff. Security. Why would you say I care about security? Authentication, guys. Let's say this comments function, you are not supposed to call this uh, server for any reason. It's being pulled from the network, right? How do you know that, right? You can implement these security features in the proxy itself, right? And Linkerd actually and Istio does that for you. They have something called the control plane where you go and muck with the configuration and say, oh, service A can no longer talk to service B. Done, that's it. You just stop the communication right there. Without the sidecar pattern, you can never do this. You have to go to each client and literally muck with the client library to stop making a call to a certain server. Okay. Tracing and monitoring. If you want to trace a, a call, right, a request, you can use the sidecar parent to, to uniquely identify each request, right, and make a logging, like a, have a logging service where you log your stuff and then take uh, uh, measure how long each request takes, right, uh, to your tail latencies, all that stuff, and produce like a grafana dashboard and do all that beautiful stuff right and showed like a nice dashboard of everything service discovery 
Right? And the moment you start talking about service discovery, this is a whole topic by itself, right? You make, an, take, you make a request to, I say, hey, I want to go to serve the comment service, right? And the comment service, it's literally just a string. I say HTTP comment service, but it doesn't even exist as a host. But what the, what the sidecar proxy does, as it does, it will take that and it will query some service to find, okay, what IP addresses this uh, comment service is, exists on. And we'll return a bunch of uh, IP addresses and it will establish this communication, TLS termination, uh, securities, certificates, all that stuff is being taken care of in the sidecar proxy, guys. It is powerful stuff, right? I feel like I'm advertising a lot for this thing. Okay, I need I need to say some bad stuff about this technology in a minute. <laughs> Caching, because it's a proxy, definitely it has a benefit, just inherits the benefits of caching and pretty much any benefit for the proxies, right? All right, you can cache stuff, yeah? You can make a request and it caches that request. And if you make it again, then it says, hey, you just made this request. And it's this almost the same timestamp, right? Don't have to make it again. Cons, what's bad about this? <laughs> it's funny that it's only two things, but it's a very, 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 very important thing to know. This is a complex system to implement, sir. This is a complex system. I always jokingly say that microservices is the process of breaking down your application into smaller services across the network so you can add latency and make things run slower. <laughs> and, and not only that, you can also make things absolutely nightmarish to debug, right? That's what microservices gives you, complexity, right? Because the moment you start breaking things up into into from a, a powerful method call, which is the library pattern, into a network call, you're prone to failures, you're prone to latencies, you are essentially just killed yourself, right? You shot yourself in the foot. You introduced a complex system and those guys from Linkerd and Istio and, 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 uh, and invoices, yeah, do, we have a solution for this. Wait a second, no worry. Yeah, you broke your application into 700 services, but never worry about that, sir. Just add two more containers or two more services for each of your service and you'll be good to go. <laughs> That's exactly what they did, right? So your services now, you had one application. Right? You broke it down into 700 services, and that's not the end of the story, by the way, because you just you started using the library pattern, right? but in a networking fashion. So now it says, oh, for all of these 700 services that you have built, add another, what, 700 times 2, right? Because every, every service will have essentially, no, not really, it's just every service will have a container by its side, a sidecar container, right? Or a sidecar proxy. So yeah, just add another 700 services. So you have like, instead of having 700 services, now we have 1400 services. Okay, now the next question comes is, like, how, the, how the heck I manage 1700 containers, right? Or, or 1400 containers. Oh, that's easy. Google came in and says, oh, no, we're going to fix this for you. Here's Kubernetes. It's going to manage everything for you. And it's going to make everything rosy, right? So sometimes I think we're shooting ourselves in the foot for absolutely no reasons. 
but that's just too politically so we're gonna stop talking about it but yeah it's a complex system if you absolutely if you if you if you're google or netflix then you can afford the resources to do to do all that stuff but if you're just running a two-man shop or two-woman shop probably you don't have to do all that stuff right it's fun to talk about it's it's pretty thought provocative to talk about it as a software engineer it's fun it's cool quote-unquote cool but eh, is it really necessary i don't know sir you tell me latency obviously networking deals with latency and the moment you start breaking things up, you have latency. Even in the local host, right? It's a call from local host, but it's prone to failure, right? Proxies, it goes through a network stack, and still things can get prone to failure. Nothing is better than an, a metal silicon call, which is the library. Now you're just shifting it to a network call, which is prone to failures, right? UDP might solve this problem, well, we'll implement, we'll, we'll reduce the latencies because there is no additional handshake and what's not, right? It's a connectionless system. But who knows? All right, summary. All right, guys. So we talked about the library pattern. We talked about this. This is still exists, still powerful pattern where you add basically a bunch of DLLs in case of your VB.NET application or c sharp application or you add packages in case of java you add uh, packages in case of python or node.js and then you use these things and you're responsible they are have to be the same language you're using it's powerful because you, you make a call it's the same computer it's the same silicon it's all funneling through the same circuitly circuitry right so that's the library pattern. It has its limitation, obviously, because you have the limited by the language, right? But if you don't care, who cares, right? And uh, yeah, you're limited by the features you're adding. And you start adding these features here, right? Sidecar pattern is the pattern. We talked about that. It's just split things that are not necessarily the core application job, but split up into a proxy, a forward proxy. And I make the request normally, but the proxy will take care of it because it's it's actually configured in my settings as a proxy, right? And we made a video about this kind of proxying videos as well, guys. I'm going to reference the videos, right? We got about some sidecar examples like uh, Linkerd, uh, STU, and uh, what's, what's not, whatchamacall, the uh, Envoy and other services, I think. Uh, we talked about the pros and cons of sidecar sidecar proxy it is not as simple to implement it's complex and it's gonna increase latency complexity increase maintenance and maintenance means cost and cost means money <laughs> i think and headache probably yeah so you 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 end up doing from maintaining one single vm probably two to maintaining a kubernetes cluster with 700,000 containers. And you might ask, it's like, why did I do that? <laughs> and we talked about that stuff. Hopefully you enjoyed this video. A little bit short. And I'm going to see you in the next one. What should I make next? Tell me in the comment section below. Thank you so much for watching. See you in the next one. You guys stay awesome.